It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you Monday through Friday. So make it part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen as Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we got a little news up top, big man news for one Blazers young center and one Blazers veteran center. Plus, a list, some listener mailbag questions to close the show. Talking optimism, or at least uh, side-eyeing optimism slowly from a couple listeners. And then a Blazers Frankenstein to close the show. All Legends edition. Let's start with the news, though. The Blazers announced that Yusuf Nurkic, I guess they didn't announce it, the Blazers released their injury report, and Yusuf Nurkic has been upgraded to questionable heading into Wednesday's game against the Boston Celtics. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic had missed the previous 14 games, uh, dating back before the All-Star break. He initially injured, his, he's been dealing with this uh, calf injury. He initially sustained the calf injury against the Utah Jazz on January 25th. He missed the following game, and then he came back and played against the Atlanta Hawks, and then played the uh, two nights later against the Memphis Grizzlies. That was on February 1st, and he only played two and a half minutes, so two minutes and 29 seconds before that, like before he even subbed out. You know, he just, you know, non-contact flaring up of the injury, fouled to get himself off the court, and left and was out for a month. Uh, had, you know, had told reporters that he was eyeing a return right after the All-Star break. It didn't come back. It did, he didn't get back right after the All-Star break. But now, from out, he's missed the previous 14 games, to questionable. That typically means, like, that's the typical indicator of this dude's going to play. Um, sometimes they're more aggressive with the injury news. Like, with when when it was clear that Gary Payton was going to play, they just took him straight up off the injury report. Um <laughs> You know, everyone kind of knows what the deal is with uh, Gary Payton's injury and the Trailblazers. Um, so that one had a little more, maybe there was a little more uh, heft behind him not getting the probable or questionable tag uh, when he was returning from injury. But it was, you know, what Yusuf Nurkic, uh, the, they, the same way they did with Anthony Simons earlier this week. This is like, you know, where he's, he's going to warm up and try to play. And, and uh, this is very likely he will return. Uh, this is a big deal. The Blazers are better with Nurk. Um, I think... Drew Eubanks has filled in admirably because he plays hard, but his his limitations have been shown. Like he's he's a backup center um, and, and and probably on a, on a really good team, a third center. And um, you know I, I I I've enjoyed the Drew Eubanks experience, but um, Portland is better with Nurk in the game, and they're better just with more size. Having being able to play a center for forty eight minutes is, it will be a big deal, particularly against two big teams they're going to play. Uh, coming up Wednesday and Friday against Boston and Philly. So yeah, Nurk helps. Like Nurk helps. He's a, he's a good pick and roll partner. He's a good. He adds another passer. Um, he adds just another player you can kind of like. You know, I don't think you want to have a steady diet of use of Nurkic post ups. I think we've learned that over the last four or five seasons. But uh, you know, he's a. You can. There are certain mismatches, certain matchups you can attack with Nurk. Uh, uh, you know, he helps, he helps, he helps, he absolutely will. Even with all of Nurk's faults and uh, defensive limitations and uh, sort of, you know, smoked layups and turnover problems, with all of those things, he's still by far the Blazers' best center and will be an upgrade. It's um, 
it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he can play and what and what he looks like and all those things. But um, you know, the team wants to the, the players playing, and I'm sure the coaching staff like they want to make the playoffs. Um, they're 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 making the push, and Yusuf Nurkic will help them make that push uh, as Yusuf Nurkic returns. Another Blazer who we never got to know is likely done. Uh, done actually. Abu Baji uh, is headed for surgery on his left knee, and the Blazers in a press release announced that he will miss. He will miss at least the next eight weeks, or he will miss the next eight weeks. It's just the language in there. Here's the thing. He's a two-way player. The next eight weeks would put the Blazers um, into the second round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, two-way players not eligible for the playoffs. So even if, the, if they shock the world and they win the first-round playoff series, uh, the Blazers, Abu Baji, even if he's cleared to play then, will not be eligible to play for the Portland Trail Blazers. So just like that... The player we never saw is done for the season. Uh, Baji never made an appearance. Uh, two-way player who had uh, who was playing with Milwaukee's uh, Wisconsin herd in the G League, and then signed a two-way deal with the Trailblazers. Some promise as a project big with defensive upside. Uh, wasn't in the lineup and then had been listed as out for for a long time, close to a month with knee soreness. Um, typically, like. A knee injury that lingers for a long time is just like sort of like a knee pain. Do you want to have surgery? Just missing eight weeks suggests that it is not a big, not like a really serious surgery. This is like some some sort of like what they would call a cleanup in the in the sports medicine world. But Abu Baji, uh, the memories I will have of you are after Trailblazers wins, giving Jeremy Grant a piggyback ride off the floor, particularly when you were listed as out with a back and knee injury, Jeremy Grant jumping on your back and you carrying him off the floor. Most recently, when Damian Lord had 71 points, Jeremy Grant jumped on Abu Baji's back and rode around the floor for a second. Uh, Baji's big. If nothing else, he's really big. Uh, it's too bad we never got to see him in a uniform. An intriguing fellow who we just we just never got to know about. Um, I'm bummed is probably the wrong word, but I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed just because of the curiosity. Um, I, I think, you know, it's like, as far as like project G league bigs go, um, the Blazers with as small as they were, would have been really curious to put a true seven plus footer in there and figure out um, what he can't do. So let's see those limitations in real time, but we will never get to see that. Uh, the way two-way contracts work is if the Blazers want him to be, he can be a restricted free agent. Uh, because of his time served in the league, the Blazers could sign him to another two-way contract next year. Um, he is, if the Blazers would like to retain Mr. Baji and uh, and his and his um, intriguing size, they have a path to do so. He can be back, but this could be the end of um, a very a very quiet but memorable on the internet. A guy very popular on the Blazers subreddit, uh, uh, but uh, maybe nowhere else. Uh, his his season is done. So Nurk back Wednesday, and let's talk about those Wednesday games. I got a question from a listener about uh, the Blazers' next two games, and I want to we'll close the show with a couple questions from the mail bag. But before we do that. I want to tell you I'm excited about a new sponsor for the show. It's the ultimate, it's ultimate basketball GM, the ultimate pro basketball GM. You ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise? Well, your dream, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for 
everything like hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and then training players you acquire, making draft picks and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of an NBA season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world, ultimate pro basketball GM, completely free, playable online, play on the go, and as you want, when you want to. Plus, Locked On Blazers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure you check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com or scan the code if you're watching here on YouTube to to look it up or to look it up in app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Oh. Right. Let's let's get into some mailbag questions to close the show. Uh, if you want to submit a mailbag question, the way to do it is lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Uh, that that's the email address. It's the best way just to get in touch with me, period. But uh, that that's the email address to send questions. I, I just kind of save them and then I use them as they come. Uh, this one I got I got a couple emails today, and this happened to be very topical. It's just a, just a really well timed email. If you do if you send an email at the right time, you're going to make the show immediately. Otherwise, um, I'll, I respond to something like eighty percent of the emails I get, um, and if. I, uh, you know, over the course of four or five days, I, I will get back to you. So send me an email, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com. And uh, I, if you got a good mailbag question, I'll say, hey, I like this question. I'll save it for a later show or I'll use it right away. Like in this case, I got a question from listener Andrew who asked, is there a scenario where the Blazers win their next two games against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. Andrew did not write out the full names of both teams, but I'm adding them in there. The uh, the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. Is there a scenario where the Blazers win those two games and change your mind about the possible outcomes for the season? Another email I got this afternoon from listener Dr. J. Uh, Not a question, but but a... a thought on some recent episodes that indicated that seeing Cam Reddish and seeing Matisse Thibel, who we've talked about a bunch in recent shows, I've talked, you've listened, who I've talked about a bunch in recent recent shows, uh, the, the Blazers have, uh, throw those two guys in with Nazir Little and with Jeremy Grant, is the Blazers have a pretty good wing core. And if they could get healthy and get Damian Lillard back and get Amphrey Simons rolling and get Nurk rolling, like they have the makings of at least a competitive basketball team because they have added the depth at the positions where they've needed depth. Still imperfect, but if you squint, Dr. J says, you can see reasons, obvious reasons to be optimistic, which leads us into Andrew's question. The Blazers play these next two games against the Boston Celtics and against the Philadelphia 76ers, and if they were to win both, would it change my outlook on the season? Y'all know, y'all know. The long and the short answer is no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. But it would be really impressive. And because of what is happening in the NBA, the Blazers, if they just chug along, the play-in tournament is right there for them. I'm recording this on Tuesday. You are listening to Wednesday, March 8th's show. And I am uh, recording this on uh, pretty late at night on a Tuesday, March 7th. All the basketball games in the NBA have ended. Uh, and the Utah Jazz lost. 
the Los Angeles Lakers won. The uh, the Warriors lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And because of that, there is an incredible logjam. The Jazz sit alone in 13th at 31 and 35. And then the Trailblazers, Thunder, and Pelicans are all 31 and 34. And the Lakers, who won tonight, are 32 and 34, just a half game up on those three teams that are tied for 10th place. Which means the Blazers keep chugging along like... Like, even regardless of what happens in those two games, I promise I'll answer the question in a second after after a long preamble, as I am wont to do. Like, the Blazers are a half, as just from, from beating two bad teams, um, with all due respect to the Orlando Magic, I think the Pistons are bad and they know it, but with all due respect to the Orlando Magic, who have been much more pesky since the calendar flipped to 2023, but the Blazers, by virtue of just beating the bat, the bottom feeders, they're a half game out of ninth. A half game out of ninth. Like, uh, you know, there's there are two full games out of seventh, uh, and, and there's a bunch of teams between them. Like I said, they're tied with the Thunder and the Pelicans and a half game behind the Lakers uh, and, and a half game ahead of the Jazz. Just, ch- just chilling might get you in, like, it just kind of chugging along and going, you know, 39 and 42 uh, is... That's... That would that would be opting out of one of the games. Going 39 and 43 might get you the 10th seed in the West, right? Like it really might. Um, you know, I think you're going to have to win more than half of your games to finish um, in that 7-8 range. Uh, but like 9-10 is probably going to be a team with a losing record in the Western Conference. It just it, it just is what it is. And it is crowded there with with Portland and, and the Thunder and, and the Pelicans who just can't get right. And the Lakers who are better but can't get healthy. Um, and, and the Clippers won't qu- won't quite run away and hide. Um, you know, they finally won a basketball game with Russell Westbrook on the roster. But, like, the, that bottom tier of the West is right there waiting for them. But the question isn't, like, is it still possible for them to get where they want to go? The question is, would my opinion of their outcome change if they beat two of the good teams, right? And these are the good teams, to be clear. Uh, Milwaukee, by virtue of... Um, by virtue of, of just ripping off 18 of 20, uh, they're two and a half games ahead of the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics are in second place in the East. The, the Sixers are in third. Uh, that's Wednesday night in Boston, Thursday or Wednesday night in Boston, Friday night in Philly. Two really good teams. Joel Embiid is, you know, he's probably going to finish second or third in the MVP race. If he doesn't, he's not going to win it. But second or third in the MVP race, like he's one of the truly great players of his generation. Uh, the Celtics are really good. And uh, Jason Tatum missed the last game, but Joe Mazzulla said that he's likely to be back for the Blazers game on Wednesday. And if they're whole, the, you know, that's a team that can win the title without a without a doubt. Like this is the, they played in the finals last year and for the, a big, big, big stretch of the season, that's the best team in the NBA. These are really 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 good teams and if they were to win back to back it would be the first time the Blazers had beaten two good teams in a row I mean, it was like they they haven't beaten a truly good team since you know February 1st against Memphis with the the night that Nurk got hurt uh, it's been a long time when they've just kind of wh- where you can say, point to a game and say that is a really good win they've had some entertaining wins for sure uh, but like where you say they beat a good team okay this might be something if they were to do it once I would say oh that's a really nice win if they were to do it twice I would like First of all, I'd be bummed that it was a Friday night game, so we couldn't celebrate here on the podcast together, and we'd have to wait wait through another game against New Orleans uh, on Sunday to get there. But, like, it would be exciting. And I don't think it would change my 
perception of what they are, right? I still think this is a team that cannot win a playoff series um, because talent wins in the league, and I don't think the Blazers have enough talent right now. Uh, for like their biggest problem remains lack of to- of high end talent. They're they're you know their second through fifth best player just aren't quite good enough yet. Um, Jeremy Grant's good and. Every time is good, and Yusuf Nurk is pretty good, and it's like, but but to 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 win four out of seven in these Western Conference playoffs when you get there, like there there's some good teams. Um, I think I guess there's like a world in where I think the Blazers could beat the Kings or whatever, um, if the Kings finish second and the Blazers can somehow end up seventh. Um, that would take a lot. It would take a lot. Um, but like, and I guess there's a world where the Grizzlies are not whole, and the I, you, you I could you could talk yourself into it. Right. Um, but that's like, you're really pushing down the line there, right? Like you're, you're, you're really getting, you're really getting deep into the weeds to imagine, uh, you facing the Grizzlies as the sixth seed or whatever. Um, that is not realistic. So it wouldn't change. It would not change my overall, overall outlook on the season. Right. I still would say, I would say, wow, those are really good wins. Those are really impressive. But my view is this on the NBA. The season is too long but it is also mostly a meritocracy that tells us the truth about these teams. Every year, somebody does what the Suns did last year and they win too many games in the regular season and then they face a team that they don't match up well with and they're not healthy and they're a bad matchup and long season and maybe they expended too much energy and they just get embarrassed, you know, upset. They don't, not every team gets embarrassed. The Suns specifically got embarrassed, but that happens every year, right? Is like, um, a top seed that that was really good in the regular season gets kind of exposed and doesn't doesn't make it as far as you thought they would. But for the most part, like the teams that win titles are excellent during the regular season. The regular season is like point differential during the 82 game regular season is the best indicator of who can win a title. And the Blazers for the most part this year have had the point differential of a mediocre team, slightly below average to an average NBA team, and that's kind of what they are. Uh, you can't fake the funk. The first 55, first 65 games, they tell you the truth. And so while these two games would be really fun and I would like enjoy them and I would, um, I might even come on this podcast and say some irresponsible things if the Blazers beat the Celtics because I like having fun on the show. My, my like actual real perspective is that all of the other games before this, you know, the 65 games prior to the game they played against the Celtics are much more indicative than what they'll be on Wednesday night. That said, they haven't had Yusuf Nurkic for a month. You get Yusuf Nurkic back. Um, you get Matisse Thybul in the mix. Uh, Cam Reddish has been playing well in his his minutes for the Blazers. If Nazir Little starts to keep shooting well, uh, you know the Blazers will probably can comfortably play a nine man rotation. They've been playing eight the last two games. Comfortably play nine guys, which which will help. Um, you know, like yeah, I think you could start to, as Dr. J said, squint and see the makings of a more talented roster because the wing core has been um, up, upgraded with a little bit of size, albeit maybe with less offensive juice. But Cam Reddish is playing well enough to kind of make you forget um, the offensive juice they sent to New York City in, in the form of uh, Josh Hart. So yeah, like the obvious answer to this question is what I sent Andrew in the email when I responded back is like, no, this won't, this won't change my opinion, but it would be a much needed win. And it would be maybe your ability to squint and say, you know what? They're healthy now. And the, the work that they've put in kind of scuffling without use of Nurkic and adding these new parts 
yeah, I'm starting to talk myself into it. And then you look at the Western Conference standings and you say, listen, they're not climbing. I don't have dreams of fifth anymore. I don't have dreams of fifth place or whatever. But it is not unrealistic to think this team could be in eighth or ninth place, no problem. Like, particularly ninth. Like, ninth is right there for them. Like a, like a hosting one of, you know, they have to win two play-in games to get into the playoffs. But hosting a play-in game when you have Damian Lillard, that's a path to the postseason. Is that what I think they should do? No, of course, of course not. But that's, I think that is totally, totally within the realm. And even if this wouldn't change my opinion, it would, and it would be useful in the sort of proof of concept type of stuff you want to see from this team as they head into the offseason and figure out what they're going to do from here. Winning some games and showing that this group might work and these are the things that you would need to add to this group, the parts you need to add to this group. I think there's value there, even if like the opinion of some silly podcaster does not change. Okay, another question. We've got Trailblazers Frankenstein to close the show. But first, let me tell you about FanDuel. Listen, we're closing on the stretch run of the NBA season. We're, it's here, baby. We're in the final. Everyone's gotten their final 20 games, the push to the playoffs. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance. Get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Thanks to uh, Andrew and Dr. J for sending me questions. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is my email address. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Because I didn't ask Eric for the Locked On Blazers gmail password. So if you're sending that, sending uh, them there, my man Eric, uh, the host back in the day prior to 2019, he is currently not reading those emails. LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com to send me a uh, a mailbag question just like listener jane did first time emailer jane sends sends a question that sends the following question uh again this is edited what do they say when they do q a's lightly edited for clarity uh can you build a perfect frankenstein player from former blazers to help the 23 2023 2024 team win the title the idea being that you take skill sets from former blazers to build yourself the perfect blazer to help you win um the title Uh, this is Believe it or not, I have had a question similar to this in the past, like an amalgamation of Blazers. I also get all the time, this is like the, the classic mailbag question, which former Blazers player would you add to the team? And there's like, which former Blazers player that never made an all-star game? Which former Blazers player that, like there's like caveats, but they're all like, which former Blazers player? But this is, um, and this is kind of, I've had something like this, but a true Frankenstein, Trailblazers Frankenstein, building the perfect player, the 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 like the, per, the ideal player to add to next year's roster to help them win a title. And for, to make this simple, like, in the past, 
I've said like, oh, I would add Stacy Ogman for defensive versatility. Oh, I would add uh, Cliff Robinson because of the shooting and his ability to play three, four, and five. Or I would add Rod Strickland because he's one of the most underrated Blazers players of the '90s. Or I, you know, like, um, but like the answer to this question always is Clyde Drexler, right? Like, which which Blazers player would you add to the roster? You'd add Clyde. You just had the best player. Like, it's pretty simple. Um, you would always do that, and then you would add, like, peak Bill Walton. They might do that in reverse order, but, like, peak Bill Walton and, and, and Clyde Drexler, like, you'd add the best players. So in, in honor of, like, my logic is, like, it's a talent-based league, add the most talent. I'm building an all-goats Frankenstein. That means all of the Blazers, Blazers greats into the Frankenstein. And we'll start with Clyde. We're going to add Clyde slashing to the mix. Um, Clyde's ability, you know, to go end-to-end with his head down uh, and and just to to get to his spots. It's like he's he was a superstar, could get to it, truly get to his spots. Uh, you know, I didn't live on this coast in the in the Clyde Drexler era. Um like he was not the he was not the basketball stars I I grew up with. Um, I'm a little young too to like truly appreciate like pl- prime Clyde from from the eighties. Uh but like even by the time he was playing in the NBA finals, again a little too young and literally on the wrong coast. Games are on like too late at night. So Clyde Drexler is not like the player of my childhood, just like full disclosure, but uh, I am steeped enough in Blazers history and appreciative enough to know that this is uh, almost certainly the most talented player that's ever worn a Blazers uniform when you consider um, how little Bill Walton played. You add Clyde's slashing ability, Clyde's scoring ability, Clyde's ability to get to the rim. That's the first thing you're going to add. Then you're going to add Terry Porter's shooting. Terry Porter's a little ahead of his time in terms of shooting. Um, you know, he, he finalist in three-point contest. He was, um, you know, he was up there in all-time leader in three-point shots before the, the incredible boom. And he's just like, it's like below Rudy Fernandez now. Uh, it's like, uh, I don't think he's that far down, but it's like, it is, the the game's changed. And if, if, if TP played in this era, he would be a bomber, right? Like he would be the point guard that shot it off the dribble and all those things. Um, his moxie shooting the ball and his uh, and his marksmanship shooting the ball. I'm adding that along with Clyde's rim pressure ability, the ability to finish above the rim, ability to get to your spots, ability to get into the paint, and that coast-to-coast skill that the Blazers are missing. All goats addition. That's why the next thing I'm adding is Arvidas Sabonis' passing skills to this Trailblazers Frankenstein. Um, young Sabonis is really the... The, the one of the great what ifs. I did actually a whole series of what ifs. If you're a long time listener to the podcast, in the summer of 2020, when there was no basketball, I did a series of what ifs, and I I didn't do. I was trying to do like off off beat ones, and I didn't do Young Sabonis, but Young Sabonis is the big one, right? Like if he comes over, um, if he, in '85, if he comes over, but really if he comes over in '88, when when uh, when the like sort of first first wave of European stars started coming over. He comes in 88. The Blazers are multi-time champions. Like you add him to that roster, multi-time champions. It's probably the argument that Arvidas Sabonis was the best basketball player in the world at one point. By the time he got here, he was old. He'd played a lot of miles, a lot of beat up knees, and he still played a long time at a high level, even for the Blazers once he finally arrived. And his passing ability was otherworldly. Like he's just, he's, um, before Nikola Jokic existed, this is the greatest passing big man of all time. Um, I think Jokic is pretty clearly passed him in terms of um, volume and creativity and all those things. But Vitas, uh, you know, he's he's not your Vitas. He's our Vitas. Um, he was, you're getting his passing skills because he's that special. On the other side of the ball, I want the defense and timing instincts of Bill Walton because it's all goats, baby. It's all goats. 
Uh, Walton was, for a brief period, the best player in basketball. No one who's ever worn a Trailblazers jersey has that claim. You beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the finals. You lead a team to you win an MVP and lead a team to a 50 and 10 start in 60 games before the injury that derailed his whole Blazers career. Very brief, very brief. That that, but very bright. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see right behind me the Bill Walton poster of him smelling the roses, wearing a Clippers uniform. It it went the other way quickly, but the defensive instincts, the timing, um, the I mean, in some ways, just like the selflessness of Bill Walton, the the, the ability to like be a star and not be a high level scorer, like the best player on the court would sc- and not a really high level scorer, but you know, blocking eight blocking eight shots in an NBA Finals game, uh, give me that on my on your perfect blazer, and then I will take um, an intangible. When I was dreaming this up, I wanted some skills and I wanted an in- an intangible. And I'll take the ruggedness of Maurice Lucas. I think one of the things that this particular Blazer team is missing is a little bit of just like. Um, I was going to say a bad word, a little bit of uh, nasty, to quote to quote uh, Greg Popovich. I censored myself. Uh, just send that clip to David Locke. <laughs> You're welcome, David. I'm learning. Um, the ruggedness of Maurice Lucas is what I'd like to add to this Trailblazers Frankenstein. I, I, I think, um, you know, the ability to just like, or the willingness to square up with Daryl Dawkins and say, let's go, let's go, let's fight right here. Let's do it. I think the Blazers are missing a little bit of that attitude and adding, you know, one of the all-time greats, the all-time great enforcers, the enforcer, Mo Luke, um, to the Frankenstein mix is really special. And I'm, and I'm building this Frankenstein. I'm building this Frankenstein in the mold of LaMarcus Aldridge, young LaMarcus Aldridge, the LaMarcus Aldridge of, uh, of 2011 when he started to dunk everything very, very briefly started to dunk everything. Uh, there was that stretch that was 2010, rather the, the stretch of, of January in 2010, when he just dunked it all, he dunked it all and he was getting lobs and throwing everything down. And he was just, he was, he with Andre Miller in tow, he became he became the monster you had always wanted him to be since he since he joined up in 2006, and since it really became his team following Brandon Roy's injuries. That stretch of Lamarcus Aldridge, that that brief period where where he was still super super athletic, he could still really shoot. He was still six ten with long arms. That's the mold I want. So a Lamarcus Aldridge frame with the Clyde Drexler's end to end slashing ability. Terry Porter shooting, Arvita Serbonis's passing, the defensive instincts and timing of Bill Walton, and the ruggedness of Maurice Lucas. That's your all-goats Frankenstein. If you have a Blazers Frankenstein, send me the theme and send me who you would add to LockdownBlazersPod at gmail.com. Portland plays the Boston Celtics tomorrow. They're move right back into the play-in picture with a win. Friday, they play the Philadelphia 76ers. That means Thursday's show, we will talk about the Celtics game. And on Friday's show, we will look ahead to the weekend with games against Philly and New Orleans on the horizon. We do this Monday through Friday, five days a week, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. So make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.